to Potadelphia. It is Wednesday evening. That's right. I said Wednesday evening <laughs> because Carson is back. The Phillies have died this weekend, but Carson is back. He has risen, and I'm here with two guys who never fail to hide the Easter eggs. What's up, Chuck Siders? <laughs> I, I hide those Easter eggs damn well, especially when I have a better idea of what we're talking about. Um, but I'm Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And what's going on, Gene? I'm Gene Zilak, and you probably have the best chance of getting hold of me on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Gene, just give out your cell next time. Like, just go ahead and text me. Best Guys, the Eagles. The Eagles won today. What an exciting game. It, it was exciting um, to have Wentz back, and it's exciting to win. Um, large stretches of that game were pretty painful and dull, but uh, a win's a win, and I'm happy to get it. I actually uh, am pretty positive coming off of this, uh, this game. I thought the defense looked really good again. And I thought that we showed that there's very few offenses that are going to want to be coming at us in the red zone. I feel pretty confident that the defense can, uh, can hold a team out of the end zone in a, in a pinch. They've, they've been pretty consistent about locking that, uh, that red zone down. So that's my initial positive off the game. Man, I am so I am so excited about this game. I don't want to bury the lead here because we need to talk about Carson. It's all about Carson today. This game, we would have lost this game if Nick Foles was playing. Do we agree on that? Probably. Pro- I mean, I don't want to get ahead of, you know, what we're sort of scheduled to talk about, but there's that one sustained drive. Foles couldn't do that. Well, there was several. There were several third downs that Carson converted that that Nick was just not. I just don't see it happening. I think that one of the things that you notice right in the first series is Carson has a much better command of the offense in terms of making adjustments on the fly. Um, you could see just yeah. right as soon as he started taking snaps within the first couple of plays, you could see him reacting to the defense differently than Nick Foles. It, it seemed like Nick got the play and ran the play that was supposed to run. It, it didn't seem to me that he was doing a lot of uh, audibling out of uh, bad looks or trying to kill, move kill, people. Kill, kill, kill today. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of kill, kill. There was a lot of Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, so. Where else did we go? <laughs> <laughs> and Gene, I want to piggyback on that because I completely agree with everything you said, but I was thinking of something else. I was thinking just of Wentz's mobility, you know, just his ability to stay alive in the pocket a little longer to give, give the team options. And I think it, with what you said and, and what I was just thinking of, that's the huge difference is that Foles, it's going to be go out there, run the play. And if you have a good look, great if not well just a loss of down it when you have Wentz back there he he has an opportunity to either audible or you know make something happen with his feet to keep plays alive to give the the team more options and I think he's different from your typical mobile quarterback I think you see some guys that come in that you know Michael Vick for example I think that there was a lot of times where his instinct was I'm gonna run first and his thought to throw the ball was just 
you know, is there a wide open guy sprinting down the the, the sideline? If not, I'm just going to take off. I don't think that he was quarterbacking so much as he was looking for an opportunity to sprint. Uh, I think that Carson Wentz is a quarterback first. He looks for the best opportunity, and when it breaks down, when he doesn't get the first check or the second check, then maybe he looks to buy himself time, and then lastly, you know, go and get it himself. Well, I, just taking it at, at, at a 30,000-foot level, I feel like when I'm watching Nick, especially this season, I feel like I'm I'm waiting for something bad to happen. When I'm watching Carson today, I felt like I was just waiting for something good to happen. Um, and and I also think, and, and maybe this is game plan related or whatever you want to call it, this was the sort of modified offense that I thought we were going to see all season long. I thought we were going to see large doses of Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard and the running game. Um, I, I don't know what prevented that from happening the last two games, uh, but we finally got to see it today. I mean, obviously, we don't have the full complement of all of our weapons uh, right now with uh, Ajayi being out. Uh, we really saw uh, the impact of that and obviously uh, Alshon. Uh, but I just feel like that that was the this is what we expected all season. And we we didn't get it until we finally got Carson back into the uh, the lineup. Something about Foles that even he talked about was um, confidence. He talked about how he has to feel confident or how he struggles with confidence. One of the things I think that makes the difference between a guy who is clearly a franchise quarterback, you know, and a guy who is just a quarterback maybe I don't even want I don't want to say that Nick Foles you know is just you know going to be a career backup he probably is but I think that there there is something different and unique about Nick Foles I don't want to completely disregard all of the things he accomplished for us because I mean it, it was semi-miraculous but the the difference is over the long haul a guy like Carson Wentz that confidence is just innate um, I think the best example of a guy that has it is probably Aaron Rodgers right now um, you you just feel when he when he takes the field that he believes no matter what the situation is he is going to come out on top. There's never you you never see any kind of wavering or shakiness yeah. or doubt in that guy. Um, and you know Brett Favre maybe before him when you if you go back on in the lineage maybe like a guy like Joe Namath going you know way back you know there's a certain swagger. Um, and I feel like Nick Foles, when he came into the season, was it was it the controversy? Was it you know the, the the hangover? I don't know. He had no swagger. He just didn't. He just didn't have the swagger. And the minute that the the game kicked off today, I felt that Wentz had it. Yeah, well, he takes us right down the field and, and scores a touchdown. Um, so so Carson's day, he goes twenty five for thirty seven, two hundred and fifty five yards. One touchdown, one interception that looked really bad, and one lost fumble too. So um, the the Eagles overall today were minus two in turnovers, and Carson was pretty much responsible for both of them. So I don't I don't want to. By no means was it a perfect day today. Yeah, no no means was it a perfect day, but it's pretty damn close for a guy who hadn't played in you know what what did I see like two hundred twenty some days. I mean. It's been a long time since Wentz played a game. You know, not even preseason games. He all he had was practice to get back into to form. And 
you know, he put up the numbers. Well, he put up numbers. You know, he put up enough yards. His um, his form looked good when throwing. I mean, basically, I am just looking forward to, you know, us being in a place where, you know, we have our quarterback. He doesn't need any more, I don't know, adjustment time or getting used to the speed of the game or getting this kind of hit out of the way or anything like that and and where we're not waiting for key personnel players to come back to find out what this team really is because i think we're still at a place where i'm not really sure what we totally are oh i i agree with the idea that um we're waiting on key personnel but i didn't feel like there was any kind of adjustment to the speed of the game today no, and and you know, I, I feel like next week we'll get our first look of who this team really is. So we ha- we'll have three games under our belt. You know, further removed from preseason, they've have a lot of reps in, and it's who they're pretty much going to be from next week on. You know, you know, no more mulligans, no more excuses, and just get a. You know, find out just how good this team really is or isn't. What's the timetable on Jeffrey? When is he is he expected to return next week? I was heard. I heard the second week of October. Okay, I heard so still week three weeks six. away. Basically. Yeah, I heard week six. Okay, yeah, because I mean we're still going to be playing with this sort of modified offense. I think until he at least he returns. Um, Who do you think he helps the most? Do you think that he helps Magalar? Okay. Was who was say. non-existent today. He had four receptions for 24 yards. Uh, he did come up big in the fourth quarter. I think he had a third down catch that was pretty huge. Well, yeah, I, did, didn't he dive over somebody to, to get the first? He did. I, he I, came. He was like, yeah. he caught the ball like four yards short and was able to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to muscle his way for a, a very important first down. Yep. Yep. But, I mean, you're still talking about, you know, Perkins being out there. We got Jordan Matthews probably still trying to you know get his sea legs under him we're essentially running three tight ends you know yeah every every every, and like not even sarcastically we're essentially putting three tight ends out and just trying to out big everybody yeah well it was our most effective formation today um, you know we've got everybody by like six inches when you're putting out guys that big you're just not going to burn anybody down the field with those guys yeah and and i I thought the uh, the running backs came up uh, pretty huge today. I mean, we had 152 rushing yards, but Wendell Smallwood, Woo-hoo. not small I thought today. He played great today. I mean, he really like there was a couple of plays where he looked stopped and then got another five yards. I there don't know were, if it was him or just offensive linemen pushing him, but either way, there was there was a play inside the 20 where he was definitely stopped a yard behind the line of scrimmage and just I feel like just from sheer will suddenly turn that into a six or seven yard gain and uh yeah no he was really impressive because he's not a what you would consider like a big back he's a he's kind of a you know average sized guy and he's just really has a nose for finding little places to sneak into i just think his problem is we don't we don't really see him make people miss all that often no for 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 being like a shifty smaller back I, i would expect to see that more yeah, he kind of hits the hole and goes and, you know, tries to kind of just but he doesn't also do anything too cute. He's he's not, you know, the LaShawn McCoy model where, you know, he spends 
eight yards going the wrong direction sideways and then tries to cut the wrong way. Are you saying that Chip Kelly would love Wendell Smallwood in his <laughs> north-south running style? That was what, what Chip always wanted, was a guy that would just take the ball and go forward. <laughs> well, how Chip do this? I'm, I'm looking that up oh, now. Good, good, good. The, so let me, let me look up. How, how's Chip doing? We got to keep, we got to do the Chip watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we talked about the running backs, uh, the tight ends. Uh, you know what's weird? It's like um, uh, Smallwood and uh, Clement both had the same amount of yards, and Goddard and Ertz both had the same amount of yards. That is kind of weird, kind of uh, kind of uh, simple, symbolic or whatever. But it's finally nice to see our, our first-round draft pick showing up on a football field. I think he's been here the whole time. I just think it took I... a quarterback to find him. Yeah, I mean, he looked... He looked good today, and it looked like uh, Wentz was comfortable with him. So I, that's and um, before I get to my point, it does not look like UCL uh, UCLA played this week. So uh, still hey, didn't lose. Three. Yeah, <laughs> didn't win though. <laughs> didn't lose. Great job, Chip. Did, did it say? Do we see who they have next week? Um, next time they play, it's uh, Friday the twenty eighth against Colorado. That's a loss. Is it? Colorado I feel, good this year? I don't know. It's Chip Kelly. It's a loss. <laughs> um, <laughs> never should have left Oregon. It's so crazy. <laughs> what I was going to say about uh, uh, going to Goddard and even uh, the running plays today, it just seems like it doesn't seem like all of this was outside of Foles' capabilities. Yeah, we, we talked earlier what uh, Wentz does differently, but handing the damn ball off and passing to your tight ends, like, that doesn't seem that extraordinary. You're a Foles apologist. No, I'm not a Foles apologist. I'm one President of like, the Foles fan club. Well, maybe. Well, maybe of that, but I... <laughs> no, I'm happy Wentz is back, but I'm just going... I'm watching some of the play selection and going, is this different than the past weeks? Like, why, why weren't we going for this more four yards here, five yards there, first down. Well, I think Wentz took some shots downfield, and I think that that's a big – I I mean, that, that just changes fair. That just changes the, the whole mentality of the defense playing against them because it's like, oh, this guy will actually try uh, to look for a play down downfield even though they have no wide receivers. And I think they saw early in the game that he was willing to still move and still yeah, slip out of the pocket too, yeah. and, and escape. So I think that they – certainly I think that held the linebackers. And they commented a lot about how how well his fakes were holding linebackers or holding defensive backs in, in, in places, which I don't know if that was just his technique or if you have to respect that he can do different things that Foles doesn't do. But it seemed to have a different effect on the way the defense was having to to strategize and play against us. And as like a tertiary thing, I think the team was just really jacked to play for Carson today. Yeah, I think that you said that. Everyone, in had, the... a little, everyone had a little pep in their step <laughs> today. A little pep in the step. And you could really see that. I think you said that over text while the game was going on, Dave. And yeah, it just I don't I don't know how to explain it better than that. But it seemed like. They're getting to the line quicker. They're getting up off the ground quicker. It was just sort of like we mentioned before confidence. For me, it was more calm. It was more just like, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to go and score here. We're going to go and get the first down. It was just, you know, workmanlike. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like that's because everybody always knew this whole time that Wentz was the guy. There was never a quarterback controversy. It's not what's happening in Cleveland where all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's a guy that's going to be taking over somebody else's job. This was always Wentz's job. Nick was always going to defer when he got back. So the team was always behind Carson. So when he got back, everybody just went back, you know, not that they weren't doing their jobs before, but the man is back. The, you know, the guy with the S has got his cape back on and we're good to go. Any moment today when uh, you kind of were like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> the fumble. I think it was the, the, the fumble was a little bit like, Ugh. there's a for lot me, of guys around the player, legs. I think he was diving for a first and he did a, 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 a like a head first dive. There was a there was a kind of a cringy slide at one point too. He was going towards like the far sideline, and he he kind of went down hip first. I don't. Know. I mean, it yeah. wasn't. Fortunately, quite... I don't think he's one of those. Who was the guy? Was it was it Donovan who was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know how to slide. Vic was had Vic? no idea Vic, how to slide. I think it was Vic. Vic had no idea how to slide. No idea. He yeah, would just like, go head first. Learn how to slide. <laughs> he would just go head first into everything. Um, all right. Do we want to talk about the defense now for a little while? Because they played really well today. Uh, another another great week of, you know, bend but don't break. I, I don't know if that's, you know, uh, damning with faint praise, but <laughs> the, but it's just keep them out of the end zone. Hold them to three. You know, come up big when the time calls for it. So I feel very comfortable with our defense, you know, watching the game going. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's going to be any offense that we don't have an answer for. You know, maybe we can't shut them out, but we're going to hold them to three more often than not. Do you think mm-hmm. it's just something about the way that Schwartz draws up plays for a short field? Do you think he just has some kind of innate, uh, you know, or do we just have the the right personnel to play really well against, you know, a really short field? You know, is it is it something with our talent or is it something with the strategy i don't know it just seems that we do a better job than some other teams do at you know keeping people off the scoreboard keeping people from getting six and and making people get three our it seems like our secondary has difficulty handling speed um and then when we get down into the 20 the field gets shorter it gets a little more crowded our our secondaries has a larger presence the the smaller the field gets and i i think that's what i think is the difference yeah deshaun jackson doesn't do any good from the 10 really unless no. you're going to hand the ball to no him. not at all not at all um and really very seriously if you think about it the touchdowns that have been scored against us they all come they don't they aren't coming from inside the 30 uh so just looking at some of the numbers today looks like uh barnett had a had two sacks today or a sack and a half, um, with two tackles for loss. So he was sort of a standout. Um, I thought the whole me, line think, looked good. I thought the whole defensive yeah. line really looked good. Yeah, even though they didn't get they didn't get sacks as much today. The only two sacks on the day. Um, but Luck didn't but, seem like he had a ton of time. No, I mean when you hold a team to sixteen points, that's a that's an accomplishment. I mean you you should. You should expect to win that game. Well, and especially since you gave you gave them yeah, the ball twice, right. essentially at the thirty. Like you, you basically handed them six of those points, right? They got field goals on both of those possessions. Right, they got field goals on both those possessions. They basically got one first down in both those possessions and were turned away. 
Man, Frank Reich's got to go forth and dug a little more. <laughs> he <laughs> definitely just, does. I mean, he thought about it. There was one time where he came out and brought everybody in on a fourth and one, I think, from their own 30. And oh, it, they were on their own 30. And yeah. he and everybody was like, he's not really going to do this, right? This is just to try to draw him off sides. Yeah, I'm um, surprised the whole D-line didn't just, like, stand up with their hands on their hips. And I feel like, <laughs> and I feel like Doug was looking across the thing being like, man, you're, you're not. Don't. Don't even think about it. Oh man, yeah, we didn't get it. Well, so did we get a fourth and dug? Oh, we did get a. We fourth did and get Doug a fourth and dug. Yeah, that we failed to convert. Well, it's a. Are you talking about the one that we didn't convert, but we got anyway? No, there wasn't there one that we got. Um, it was like a pass to Earth and he got tackled a yard short. Was that last week? I think that was last week. But no, today the 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 thing that I'm thinking about was there was the holding on the long drive. There was the holding penalty on fourth down that ended up getting us a first down. Okay, all right. So let's talk about the drive. What was the score? We were down by We were down 6. 16-10. Or we no. Six? We were down 3. It was 13-16-13. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right, right, right. So we were down 3 and then the drive. We Essentially it was the top 25. of the it was the top of the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. Yep. We started it on our own 25. It was 17 plays long. 75 yards it took 11 minutes and 18 seconds off the clock which is a thing of beauty which was like you don't i don't hate to say something like this but it was like vintage doug and carson like that that was what we were seeing last year was they would get into these positions in the fourth quarter and they would just devour the clock they would just eat an entire quarter worth of time they did this six or seven games last year um and they would either go and get a winning, you know, either go and drive the field to go and win the game, or they would hold a lead, uh, which is the anti-Andy Reid situation. Andy Reid was 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 horrible at this phase of the game when he was here. You you always were leaving people too much time. You were always, you know, not able to put y- your foot on somebody's throat when you had them down. Um, well, they had to run it. Wait, I have the uh, I had the drive summary up. I think they ran they ran the ball two-thirds of those plays which would never happen under Andy Reid exactly so that's why it could never happen for Andy and Donovan would throw it at like five guys feet and stop the clock so I I was interested in this so I looked it up Um, where does this rank in longest drives in NFL history oh I I hadn't thought about that well it's nowhere near the top so uh, (laughs) well it's at least not in the top 10 um, so just out of curiosity, do do either of you know potentially what the longest drive in NFL history is? I I want to say it uh the Patriots did it. I can't I can't say when, but when Gene was saying, "Oh, this reminds me of vintage." Oh, well, fine. Let me finish making my damn point though. <laughs> when Gene was saying, you know, forgive me for saying it reminds me of vintage I thought he was going to say Brady Belichick because there's so many times they would just, you know, need okay. three and take 15 minutes to get it. But yeah. uh, I'm wrong. So uh, somebody else guess. Where, do you want to know what team did it this, or do you want to know how long the, dri- the, the drive was? The team. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I feel like it might have been the, that, that early 2000s Rams. Um, the greatest no, show on turf? They're not on the list. Uh, it, it, actually, I was really surprised that two two of the top five positions are held by the Oilers. 
one, the Houston Oilers, but the number one slot is the Tennessee Oilers. The Tennessee Oilers? against the Cowboys. It was a 13-minute, 27-second drive. Wow. Was that, that was there like one year where they were the Tennessee Oilers before they became the Titans? Is that yeah, the team yeah. that we're talking about? Yeah. Is that, was that a Warren-led team, or was he gone by then? Oh, it was before Steve that. McNair. But it resulted in a field goal. The fu- so 13 minutes for the, three points? Yeah, number two is the more interesting one. It was the NFC Championship game in 2001 between the Giants and the Vikings. And that drive was 12 minutes, 53 seconds, and it ended the game. No points were scored on that drive. It was just a 12-minute drive. No points were scored, and the game ended. Yes. That's brutal. That's a brutal way to lose a game. That's a brutal way to not go to the I'm Super Bowl. I'm surprised I didn't remember that one, though. You know, like, we definitely watched that game. Yeah, we definitely yeah, did. Was that the – Dave, was that the one where you and I – had a bunch of rum and coke and then got into a fight in the streets. <laughs> I know there I know there was one NFC championship game around that time. Well, we were probably drinking Hong Kong rum, rum and cokes. That's the way to go. Uh, if, if that happened. That is the way to go. <laughs> I'm going to uh, say it was. Okay. And, and for those of you who uh, aren't um friends with gene chuck and myself <laughs> a hong kong rum and coke is when you get an entire glass of rum and a can of coke yeah it's more of a chaser than anything else yeah 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 um okay so yeah but that that play that holding penalty so it was fourth and five on the indianapolis 42 um and we fourth and dug it obviously and it was an incomplete pass but the drives kept alive by a holding penalty, and the holding penalty was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, an offensive lineman just uh, or a defensive lineman, or no, an off. It was a defensive, a defensive lineman. lineman basically <laughs> held two of our offensive linemen to open up a time. hole for another defensive lineman <laughs> or a linebacker, which did affect the play. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. It was a clear penalty. It was one of the most obvious things when they showed that replay. It was like, oh yeah, no, you definitely can't do that. Yeah, good call. Thank thank goodness for that call. I love how the announcers have kind of, have kind of started to embrace the idea of like the fourth and Doug. Like, there there's almost a certain point when you get to a certain point in the field where they they don't even consider the possibility of a punt. Like, there's it's just not something that they even talk about. There's no discussion of will they or won't they. It's just well, this is what Doug does. And all over the league, right? I mean, but previous in previous years, you would hear commentators. Um, Basically saying, like, oh, look at this decision here. Now, this is a risky move or, you know, stuff like that. But it's just it's analytics, baby. Yeah, and I feel like it's – I don't understand what took so long. I feel like a lot of it makes sense. Like, there's, it's stupid not to try to keep the drive alive now and to just kick it away. Well, I just think we're in an era where it's so much easier to get yards. That's true. It was. Yeah, because they're basically telling defenses like they have to play with gloves on. Or... Uh, so we didn't talk about the secondary. Mm. You, you should lead this off, Dave. <laughs> I know you have very strong opinions about at least one player on the secondary. Well, our, our, the Green Goblin uh, came back. <laughs> uh, Jalen Mills really just starts the game off, you know, uh, handing the first touchdown to to the Colts with a with a just a terrible pass interference call. I don't know. He he did wind up playing okay today. 
mean, he had five tackles. He he led the secondary in tackles. I mean, he did play okay. There was just those two huge PI penalties. That I mean, it's the the guys just drive me nuts. There's something about his personality that just does not strike me the right way. He, I've never seen maybe since like Dion a a cornerback that is so into celebrating. <laughs> right, but it's like you're not you're not a world beater. Right, like do your job. That's it. Just do it. Just don't let the guy catch the ball. And so many times he'll commit a penalty and the guy will catch the ball anyway. Like, if you're going to commit the penalty, he better not <laughs> catch the ball. Like, he's got as many, I feel like he's got as many PIs, like, you know, or hold, or defensive holding penalties declined as he does accepted. I was complaining about him to my buddy, um, and he sent me a picture back of just a picture of Nate Allen. <laughs> <laughs> don't complain, dude. Like... You know, watch other teams, basically, is what he was saying. Right. It's really not that bad. Um, so in the post-game uh, interview with uh, with D-Gun. Oh, hey, did uh, you see that, uh, before we get too far in the post-game, did you see Carson Wentz was wearing his Masters jacket today? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the Kelly Green jacket. Yeah, I liked it. I think I want yeah, one. Looks sharp. I don't know, but green and red don't go together. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to Santa. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, Santa doesn't wear green. <laughs> green jacket. I also um, like the jacket. Yeah, yeah, I like the jacket. So, what did Gunner say? Well, he was interviewing Jalen Mills, and um, he, you know, was saying, you know, you've been criticized this week. You, you know, you had a lot of things to say about it. And Mills was like, "All right, well, hold on, I want to clear that up." And he said um, that when he meant. I don't know what he said, like fake fans or not real Eagle fans. Because he was talking about the fans booing him in Tampa. Like that was the context was that there were some fake fans in Tampa. See, I thought he was, was he, I thought he was referring to maybe like a social media. That's the way I took it. When I heard his, it was something about fake, like there, I heard some fake fans down in Tampa. I heard some fake fans today and they were on the road last week. So I, I, I feel like he was kind of implying that the fans that would be on a road game are not real fans, which I don't know that that's true, but. So are you absolving him of? I don't know if I'm going to absolve Jalen Mills of anything, but. I just mean of like the media faux pas. I don't, yeah, I think he, I don't, I think you shouldn't ever call a fan fake. I think that that's asking for trouble. (laughs) But there are fake fans. Yeah, and they all root for Dallas. For another podcast, (laughs) What's that, Gene? I said, yeah, there are tons of fake fans and they all root for Dallas and live in Delco. I can attest to that. <laughs> um, so the sack to end the game. Uh, oh, that was heavenly. Uh, it seemed like it took 20 seconds for luck to finally go down. I watched the replay and it happened so quickly, but in the moment, I feel like he took like 30 steps. Oh, it, was, it, was, it took I, forever. I thought at any second he was just going to sling it. And I think he felt that way too because just watching it live, like oh, he, uh, it just looked like something was going to happen. Like the like we didn't quite have him, and then he hits the ground and like 
pouts. Like he, he was almost as upset like, about it as we were. Like as you know, he was just like, I can't believe I'm on the ground. Like he just couldn't well, believe of course, it. Of course, we had to listen to another former adversary. It was a Daryl Johnson doing the game. Yeah, Moose today. today. Yeah, I don't know if it was him or Myers who said that. It, he he basically looked like he thought he had somebody in his sights to get that ball to. Yeah, like he saw an open guy and just is frustrated that he couldn't get it, get the playoff. Right, right. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, and I don't know if you guys watch a game sometimes like this. Sometimes as I'm watching, I'll see a play happen, and you'll just know that that's one of the things that you're going to see for the next six or eight months on highlight reels, you know, or at the end mm-hmm. of the year, you're going to see that oh, play, sure. you know. Um, last year, the the one that sticks out in my memory was that play in Washington where where Wentz literally disappeared and then all of a sudden showed back up and threw a touchdown pass. Um, but today, that sack, I felt like that's one of those plays where you're going to see that for the rest of the year. Just the way it all kind of worked out, the the situation of the game, the, you know, how Bart, he just kind of just with one arm just kind of swiped. And I feel like that's how you have to sack a quarterback now in the NFL is with one arm as far away from him as possible and, and <laughs> pushing against him. Because Clay Matthews, and I, I, I hate to, to bring up, you know, I don't, not that I want to dwell on other teams, but Clay Matthews in what was the most, what I think textbook. would be textbook sack. Like, I don't know how else you hit a quarterback. Yeah, it was violent. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, but that's literally why I like defensive football. And he got flagged again for the third time for basically doing his job. Like, I have no idea what you, like, if that's not how you're supposed to play linebacker, I don't want to watch linebackers play football anymore. Did you hear that the NFL is going to take the video of last week's Matthews hit and use it to show exactly what you're supposed to call flag on? Oh, wow. I thought they yeah, were going to yeah, say yeah. they were going to say like oh, you're going the other way. No, no, no. They to reinforce that the ref did the correct thing. So what are they going to do with this week's? Like, I have no idea. I, I've, I've probably watched that now because it made me mad. I've probably watched that sack 15 times. And I cannot figure out like he literally is as he as they're going to the ground, he's got his hands back like I'm not putting any weight on this person. <laughs> like you can literally basically hear him being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Yeah, you now need to like cradle the quarterback and like lay him down gently. I thought Mike oh. McCarthy was literally gonna come like off the sideline and start like pounding people. He was so mad. Since we're talking about it, can we talk about all the damn penalties in the game? And in the NFL, all the damn penalties yeah. in the NFL. It's getting really hard to watch. It's just, or or it's like part of the game. Like, all right, incomplete pass. You know, wait a minute. Let's all look around for a flag. Exactly. Yeah. So they got to do something. This is it's way too much. It's getting to be like soccer. It's getting to be like every time somebody goes to the ground, like if you're a receiver, you start looking for a flag. It's it's going to end up. You're going to start seeing people dive. Well, twenty one penalties. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, and I both say I don't know what to say other than when they show the clips, it seems like there is a penalty. Yeah, I mean sometimes it seems ticky tacky, but. No, I get you, and and I understand what they're they're trying to cut down on on injurious plays, and you know trying to get it right. But 
is that what we really want to watch? Do we really want to watch? Yeah. And there was a slight hold. And, you know, okay, yeah, yeah you're right. But we did get, we were the beneficiary of a, a personal foul, um, roughing the passer call today that if I was a, if I was a Colts fan, I would be like, come on. Do you think oh, Nick I Foles get... it when it happens to us? When, <laughs> when we get away with one, I, I think it's fantastic. Does Nick Foles get that call, or is that a Carson Wentz call? Is that a is that? Oh, a we're gonna start getting call? Carson calls. Yeah, if you get anywhere getting... anywhere near his knee, you're getting. A yeah, when you're an MVP candidate, you get you get those calls. Loving that. Hey, quick update. <laughs> it's been a long time since we got those calls. I don't think we ever got them, actually. We're, we're, I know we're doing this live, and I'm nowhere near TV. And I was like, before we started, I was really reveling in the glory that was the Patriots getting their asses still handed up. to them. I mean, the, the, the lines are still up. Yeah, so it's still still a thing that they, the Patriots could be one and two. God, I would love that. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man. There's some teams all over the league that are getting snake bit. Um, the Vikings today. Against what the, the hell was that? <laughs> What the hell was that? Was I feel like the fix is in. Like there had to be so many gamblers that just tore their hair out today. When you're a team that's getting 16 or 17 points and you win by 16 or 17 points, and you keep like the Vikings didn't score, right? No, they were shut out. Yeah, that's it was, what, incredible. And everybody was thinking the Vikings no. were just gonna were just gonna roll. They were talking about like the the game on Thursday was like a preview six. of the end of. It was 27 to six was the final score. Okay, so the Vikings yeah. did get a couple of points. Yeah. But they were talking about like how Thursday's game between the Vikings and the Rams that's coming up is like a preview of the NFC Championship game, that these are the two best teams. But who knows? Just I mean, it might in. be. You never know what these teams, you know. I don't think the Vikings will be there. But No, I don't think the Vikings will be there either. I don't, I, don't, um, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. It looks like Jimmy G uh, may have uh, potentially season-ending injury. Uh, should we investigate trading Nick Foles to San Francisco? Do you want to trade Nick Foles? Like, are you are you good with Nate Sudfeld? I am I good with Nate Sudfeld? Am I good with Nick Foles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chuck's over there like exasperated with me. Yeah, I would trade. I would trade Nick Foles for. Um, what are we looking to get back? Fourth rounder or better. Fourth round. That's it. That's all you want is a fourth rounder what or do better. You want, man, I'm saying guy like couldn't even got, he can't even throw 200 yards in a game this year. I'm I'm saying like I want a second rounder. That's what <laughs> no, I got for AJ gonna... Feely, right? Well, you're not gonna get that. You're not gonna get that. Not even well, in the it middle. Depends of... how desperate. It depends how desperate they feel like they are this season. I, the the guy they've got is a second year guy, and then an un like an undrafted rookie is their now their new backup. They're in bad shape. So... So, and they think I mean, that they're a playoff team. I don't know what their, I don't know what their expectations were this season. They think they're a playoff team. I think they think they're going to get a wild card. I mean, they're not going to beat the Rams. Yeah, but I don't know if you, how much of your future you mortgage on just like, oh, we should have made the playoffs this year. Well, I mean, Garoppolo's probably done. He's probably done for the year. He's got, I think he's got the Carson, the Carson injury. He's got an ACL. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. Um. Okay. Hey, so uh, before we move off of the uh, the the Eagles, um, Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons were inducted in the what is the Eagles Hall of Fame today? Ring of Honor or whatever they call it, yeah. Um, and I was watching the I was watching some highlights of them, eighties <laughs> teams, and I was just thinking, like, man, when you watch those, like, they're their highlights, but every one of those would be flag inducing. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
into – I mean, you're talking about putting weight on a quarterback. <laughs> They're basically putting quarterback-shaped holes in the earth. Yeah, they were they definitely tackle. dense in the concrete at the vet that were from when <laughs> they <laughs> they put quarterbacks on the ground. <laughs> and I really enjoy Seth in the post-game shows. He's great. He's great. I'm surprised he's not coaching somewhere. The guy really knows his stuff. He does, and he's not like he's not like a shill for the team. He's no, no, he'll call it out. He needs to be. And can we get can we get Ed Rendell off of the post game show? <sighs> it's like I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm watching like a doddering. It's like too, it's like too much now. It's like let's move on from this. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand the shtick anymore. Like from like. There are people that are watching that have no idea why, who Ed Rendell is, have no context as to why he's there. These, they just think he's some guy that's got some, some sort of form of dementia that's just kind of wandered into the studio. Yeah, you no longer hold elected just... office. You're off the show. It, 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 it comes from the mayor's office. Nobody voted for you this time, Ed. Go away. Oh, gosh. All right, let's put a bow on week three here. Uh, we all lost our Eagles pick because we all had the Eagles get a, uh, giving seven. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I know. But I probably would have stayed away from this game anyway. Yeah, but... I don't think I would have taken it. I certainly didn't want to take the Colts. Uh, so, Gene, you won your game. You had the Dolphins, right? Yeah, but it was a nail-biter. They were behind most of the game. What's, what's the final score of that game? 28-20, I think. Who did they play? Oh, they Oakland. played Oakland. Yeah, yeah 28-20. Well, you had, you were what, given three? I thought I I thought it was Yeah, I think I was. I think it was given yeah, three. They're home, so yeah, they ended up home. winning clear, but I mean they were down most of the most of the first half. All right, so you went one to one this week. I had the Chiefs. And I think they won by at Chiefs least 10. by seven, I think, right? Yeah, I, I was giving seven and they won by eleven. So uh I went one and one this week. And Chuck, you have the Monday night game. Yeah, which Yeah, which in the future I'll try not to do. <laughs> that that well, makes for poor programming. I think I think no. that, I think, that I think that the Bucks are gonna win that game outright. That's just my opinion. I think that's a good pick, Chuck. Yeah, I agree. I think they're gonna win that game outright. I think Fitzmagic's gonna gonna go off again. And if he doesn't, you can you can blame me. So um, who, who? So now we, we all agree that the Chiefs are going to play in the Super Bowl, right? Well, I thought that last year, and then all of a sudden Andy Reid Andy Reid it up by like week eleven. <laughs> yeah, Andy Although, September. I don't know that Andy Reid can screw up this guy Mahomes. Man, he looks like the real deal. Yeah, watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. Very optimistic about the Eagles now. I'm so I'm so much happier now with now that Wentz is in the driver's seat. Um, and we have who's coming up next? Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee on the road, on the road in Tennessee, and that's Bring gonna they're gonna have, it's gonna be a huge Eagles contingent um, in Nashville next week. So hopefully we get one of those home road game situations. Um, all right, moving on. So the Phillies, here's what we're going to do with the Phillies. We're going to talk about the Phillies and we're going to do a special, um, we're going to have a funeral. We're going to, we're going to bury. <laughs> we're going to bury the 2018 Phillies, um, on Thursday night for Friday morning. Um, and so I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring down the mood. 
by talking about the Phillies. No, we're that... we're we're too happy today. I'm really pissed about the Phillies. So, but I I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it now because I'm 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 carsoned up right now. So, um, but they've been mentioned. Up. They've been mentioned. It's a, their official mention on our four for four podcast. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting a whole special episode that we're going to just be mad. Yeah, we did a special so, episode for the Eagles. The Phillies get one, too. It's just going to be a very different tone. Yeah, yeah. totally different. It's going to be the exact same tone. Just <laughs> us being angry all the time. Uh, all right, let's talk, let's talk, uh, let's talk some hoops uh, for a minute. Um, the Sixers finally signed a GM. That's big news. <laughs> it is big news. What do you think, Dave? Were you excited about this signing? No. Was this where you thought they were going to go? No. Who's excited about this signing? I'm not. Un- like I'm not is, unexcited um, about it. I didn't know who else they were going to get. Excited about it? What? What would? What would have been exciting? Like, what would have been an exciting name to to sign as a GM? I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who. I don't know who would have been exciting, but just kind of like a former player. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. I just don't know what he's going to bring to the table that. I, my only take on this, and you could you, maybe I'm nuts, but my take on this is Elton Brand seems like the kind of person that guys that are in the league when they when they sit down with him are going to relate to him. And I know that he had ha, has had a really good relationship as an elder statesman in the NBA as a, as a player with guys coming through the system. That's one of the reasons why the Sixers kept him around for so long. He wasn't playing any minutes he was like essentially another coach on the on the badge um and he was you know really good for those those teams you know deep in the process you know well, so let's, let's blend these topics together do you think jimmy butler um uh, wants to come play for the sixers because elton brands our gm i think jimmy butler doesn't want to play where he is that's what i'm saying yeah. he doesn't want to come to the sixers i don't know what yeah, I don't. I, who, who plays for a team because they like the GM other than, you know, Magic? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of Jimmy Butler on this team. I think he'd be a good fit. I don't know if he's the guy I want to give up something for real for. It's and this is a throwback to last week. The idea that San Antonio tried to hold us up for either. Uh, <laughs> for either Ben or uh, or Joel, like that's like, why are you even call? Like that's not even really a serious conversation. Like you're not, you don't really actually want any of our players. Like so, don't even talk to me. Um, so I, I just wonder what you would have to to trade to get Jimmy Butler. Is that just going to be draft capital, or what do you what do you need to move? Is that Dario, or is that a guy you want to give Dario up for? I think I think the Wolves are just looking for the best offer. I don't know that they're holding out for anything specific. I think they're just trying to get offers from all the interested teams, and they're probably just going to take the best one because the, from everything I've been reading, <clears throat> it looks like they're trying to get this deal done like in the next two weeks. Yeah, they want to they want to um, go in and without this hanging me, of their head. To me, it's probably going to be the Heat. Um, oh yeah. See, I was thinking Houston. Houston sounded like a pretty good landing spot for him. I'm sure he would prefer to go to Houston, but I think it's going to be the Heat. And again, that's like another landmine in our in our path here this year. Yeah. Um, Houston it, has some good pieces. I think that they're not a bad team. Who? Miami? Uh, not Houston, Miami, the Heat. I'm totally misspoke. Yeah, it's the Heat, because that's who we played in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
again, it just makes them more dangerous now. And Brett Brown came out this week and said his expectations are to play in the NBA Finals. Do we like that statement coming from the coach? Do we not like it? I don't think that if if he says anything short of that, I feel like he's selling himself short. He was if you look at the way the Eastern Conference I feel like if you look at the way the Eastern Conference is is laid out, like you have to feel that you're right there um with what you have in place. If you don't, then you 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 have some sort of lack of confidence. Um you know, if do I think that's realistic? I think we have as good a shot to be there as anybody in the East. I I don't I feel like the Celtics are still better than us, but I feel like if we are playing the way, if everything's clicking, there's no reason to think that we can't can't beat them. All right. I, I mean, if the coach has to say that, and I, I'm not saying he was wrong to say it, I'm just saying he has to. You know, they they made progress last year. They considered themselves a contender. Well, if you consider yourself a contender, you have to you have to go to the finals. So, uh, I think it was the absolute right thing to say. All right. So Sixers preseason starts on October 1st. Until then. Let's talk about the Flyers. Woohoo! Uh, lots of Flyers stuff to talk about this week. Um, and let's start with the injuries. And because that's going to lead into your favorite topic. Dave. Yes, I know. I know. I'm so excited. All of our goaltenders have injuries. Yep. <laughs> Celebrating injuries of our own players. That's <laughs> yeah. what we do here. My style. <laughs> so uh, Lion is out for four weeks. Uh, I think they're calling it. Well, they're calling it lower body, but I think it's a groin injury. And Neuvert is uh, out. Um, something I read on Twitter today, which was horribly mean and then since got deleted, but apparently there's a joke going around that you can't spell Neuvert without IR. Um, uh, yeah, it's true it's, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because it is true and I, I, I'm just overwhelmed. Gene, you're gonna have to take that laughter down when, when it comes time to produce this. <laughs> yuck, but, yuck, 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 yuck. Um, it's like it's Neuvert, I feel like is the Jason Peters of the of the Flyers. It's like, oh, you might be able to get him for like 25% of the season, but he's definitely going to go down. Yeah, I mean, he might he might even But then also worse. but also not the whole Hall of Famer part. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say when well, you, when you get Jason Peters, like you get a guy that's the best at his job. Yeah. Yeah. Neuvert can be very good at his job, but he's just always injured and it's it's comical now, but he's out for God knows how long. So we are down to three goalies, and both Elliot and Stolars are still to some degree rehabbing from uh, their injuries last year. So where does that bring us with Carter Hartwatch? So Elliot, Stolars, mm-hmm. Neuvert, Lion. and Lyon are all injured. No, no. Or, or coming off of a major injury. Yes, that is true. We carry all these goalies. We are carrying. Well, who's going to be on the big team? Neuvert, Elliott, and Lyon. And it's going to probably be two, right? You don't carry three anymore, right? No, you only carry three for very small stretches of time, or if you're a bad team, <laughs> um, or when one of your one of the two is on IR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the question, I think Elliot is definitely going to be here 
if Stolars is healthy enough, he'll be here. Oh, and really? we, well, I mean, not for the the length of the season, but to start it because Lion will not, and Neuver okay. um, doesn't sound like he's going to be here to start the season either. Okay. So the question becomes, who's in uh, it? I think they're, Carter Hart is going to get the best shot he has to to be in net. I don't think he's going to win the starting gig. I think there's still not. I think they're still going to be hesitant to give it to him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the Flyers roster to start the season. What? If they carry, if they carry three goalies to go out on the West Coast. You know, with the the injury concerns, um, we start off in Vegas and then Colorado and then have a break before um, coming back here. See, now I'm mad, though. Now I'm upset. Okay. okay. Because if you're going to – if he's not going to play, I don't even want him on the team. <laughs> for I, two games. For two games to have – you know, I'd rather him just play for the Phantoms. I'd rather him just play. He's gonna play. He's gonna play a lot. No, uh, nobody would want him up here to be a backup because he, he needs the reps. But I'm saying, I wouldn't be surprised if they are concerned with Stoli and Elliot. That <laughs> if they're concerned with Stoli and Elliot, that those, just just for nothing, bring those, him up for the for the West Coast trip. Those sound like brands of. Uh... Stolian Elliot wine coolers from like 1987. Like, <laughs> hey, bring me a Stolian Elliot, or I maybe it's drinking a cheap wine cooler and eating a frozen pizza. <laughs> a Stolian Elliot, it's a Stolian Elliot, yeah. <laughs> but, but if I was you know giving you percentages earlier where I said it was a 10% or a 5% chance that Carter Hart was the starter for the season I I'd bump it up to 40 wow um, yep it, remember um 2010 when Bob won the starting gig and nobody really saw it coming um you know they they signed him from the KHL they're bringing him in, and everyone thought, okay, well, here's the new goalie for the Phantoms. Maybe he takes the the backup right. role. And uh, Leighton uh, was injured and didn't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> he was injured, and, and Bob just took over the starting gig. I think Carter Hart's going to have his chance. Um, so, but he has, he's got to be lights out. He has to be lights out the rest of the preseason, and there has to be some concern with probably Stoli's health. If they're if they're not a hundred percent sold that Stoli can go, uh, Stoli goes back to the Phantoms. Carter Hart will stay up, and if he's going to be up, they might as well start him. So, I'd say there's a forty percent chance he's your, you know, he starts one of the first two games in the season. If he goes out and gets shelled, do we break? Have we broken the kid? Does does he become does he become unusable? No, I don't think so. I I I think that situation is when. He's getting shelled night after night, and all right, you put in your time. Here's the starting gig, like it's yours, and you know he just looks horrible out there. So many goalies look really bad in their NHL debut. Like so many of them, when look at Lyon recently, he had an awful NHL debut. He was looking great with the the Phantoms. 
has played well since, but had an awful NHL debut. Yeah, but um, nobody's talking about making him a franchise goalie. Yeah, but I I wouldn't be concerned if if he had a, a hard had a bad first game. But one bad game is not the issue. It is a, a series of bad games. It is it is a, a bad run, a bad month. That's what you have to worry about for yes going him getting in his own head going hey your nhl's career is over before it started i feel like that that's i mean goalies are the head cases of the nhl they're the you know relief pitchers in baseball they're the kickers in football you know i don't know what the equivalent is in basketball um small the markel fultz's the markel fultz's you know um yeah i mean like goalies are the ones that you worry about their their psychology and you know this guy you know we've been we were talking when we started a month ago that you know we're talking two years before this guy's the starting goalie and all of a sudden here we are with a 40 percent chance this guy is going to be you know when the lights come on in vegas that's the guy behind the pipes between the pipes so chuck can i rethink getting my carter hart jersey for the stadium series game you will not be the only one there's gonna be I, there's gonna be five thousand people with a Carter Hart jersey, so go ahead, man. Even if he's uh, in Lehigh, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> rock on, rock on. All right, so what else is going on? We got um, so the so the goaltenders are all injured, but everybody else who is injured looks like they're coming back. Yeah, uh, Couturier, uh, everything still looks good there. Um, Amac, uh, Andrew McDonald looks like he's going to be coming back earlier than expected. Um, much which to the is, chagrin of Flyers fans. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, to the chagrin of Phil Myers. Um, the, the kids made a, a pretty good impression so far, but if Sanheim and and um Amac Array start the season, then uh, might be hard for him to to win the gig. But um, Sanheim, I think, is scheduled to be back. Um in the same sort of time frame he originally was, if not sooner, but I don't think he's been at practice the last two days, so that's not great. But on the whole, um, big concerns over injuries have turned out to be no big deal, so that's good. Um, the only other two points I really wanted to get on with the Flyers, um, Morgan Frost, back to juniors. And... I'm upset about this. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's all right. I mean, I know it's early for him, but should we start looking at finding like wh- who's blocking his path? No, I don't think anyone's blocking his path. I think Vorobiev has looked great. Vorobiev has looked great. He's he's pretty much won a spot on the team this year, probably as 3C. How old of a guy is he? Vorobiev? Yes. Yeah, like, is he like a. I, I, I've never heard him before this summer. Um, he, this is, will be his second season pro in North America. He was with the Phantoms last year. Um, and I've had to guess 22. I mean, okay. he, all right. So he's, he's not, not like some like almost 30 year old guy who suddenly found no. his, his vibe. No, no, he, he could be a legit three C in the league. Um, so it might not be frosting blocked. It could just be, we have a guy who's better than him. Um, and for right now, you know, Frost didn't overwhelm. He looked good, but he didn't overwhelm. And Vorobioff looks like he's better prepared. And, you know, it's, it's her, his turn uh, to, to step it up. When it comes to the 4C, 
I guess that'll be Wheel, maybe Lawton, maybe Laterra. Um, it it Wheel hasn't won the job, but hasn't looked bad. With all these assets kind of swirling around, juniors and the and the phantoms, um, do you see us being buyers at the at the deadline this year? Maybe, if if we had the need and the price wasn't too high, I'd say yes. Because Hexy's kind of got like a not an itchy trigger finger with that, right? Yeah, he's got like the opposite of a trigger finger. He's he's old Stan Pat. <laughs> well, I let's talk about goalies again because I I could see if the Rangers would trade him here. Oh, Lundqvist to go here. Oh, I like that. And uh, he'd be a great stopgap uh, for Carter. And I think they'd buy that. I think, you know, I think if... Does he have enough, know, he have enough gas left in the tank? I think so. I think so. Are the um, Rangers going to be that bad? The old Flower Town native. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe made the flowers of Sweden. Yeah, um, yeah. But... Um, um, Who was the goaltender that they had that was from Flower Town? Was that John Mike Van Vliet? Nope. Richter. Yeah. Mike Richter. Oh, Mike Richter. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the Rangers are going to be bad. The Rangers are going to be bad. They'll be fighting for the bottom of the division. And the Devils the are going to be good. The Devils are going to be good. Oh, uh, yeah, that's so annoying. Well, they're not going to be great. The The Devils will be trying to make a, a playoff spot. I. It's going to be along with us. Yeah, I, I don't think you we're, think we're be... significantly better. I think we're significantly better, yes. So is Tampa still the class of the conference? Them or Toronto. Um, Toronto picking up uh, John Tavares, that's huge. Um, Tampa has better goaltending, better defense. But Talk about Toronto. a fan base clamoring for some sweet, sweet victories, the, the Maple Tampa's Leaf fan so base. <laughs> yes, they are annoying, and they are... <laughs> Uh, they are clamoring for a victory. The last time they won the cup was when there was only six teams in the league uh, right before the expansion in 67. Oh, so, that is wow. Yeah. So once, once there are more than half a dozen teams, you can't win the cup. Um, <laughs> we sort of went all over the place there. I, <laughs> but I think that's all the flyer stuff uh, we're going to cover. But no, uh, I, I think. I think they will be buyers if appropriate. Like, you know, if one of our centers goes down and we need a, a center, I, I think Hexall wouldn't hesitate to pick one up. I mean, I think our Stanley Cup window opens this year. Um, wow. Not not very wide, but it's we have a shot. We have a shot this year. If things break right, we we can compete with anybody in the East. Awesome. And we'll end on that mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's it. We talked about all the teams, right? So do we want to uh, move? Do we want to move right into Chuck's penalty box? But does that whistle come through? Is that a it's whistle? A distant, it's a distant okay. whistle. Oh, I'll do it again. Much, Much better. better. Yeah. Thank Much you. Better. Okay, uh, so we'll start off with uh, Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box this week? Uh, in my penalty box is the Rolling Stones. What? Wow. And I'll tell you why. P- please do. That is the point of the second. There is 
two commercials that are running currently, and you've probably seen them on television at nauseum the past couple of weeks. One is starring Jennifer Lawrence. It's for some sort of perfume. And one is for Audi. And they both use the exact same Rolling Stones song. And it annoys me because when I hear it in the kitchen, when I'm not looking at the television, I don't know which commercial is playing. And that sort of advertising confusion frustrates me. I am angry that Mick Jagger would allow two completely different non-competing companies to use their music. Talk about sellout, frankly. So my in my penalty box are Mick and the other guy that plays guitar. <laughs> Keith Richards. For being sellouts. <laughs> That is a two-minute minor to um, Rolling Stones that Gene cannot name for misuse <laughs> misuse of their music to promote a brand. Dave, Dave, who is in your penalty box? Okay, so my penalty box this week, I'm putting in golf fans who suddenly love Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods won a tournament today, and I don't know when th this um, like Tiger Woods went from being like a hero, great golfer, to being like a scumbag, cheating on his wife, you know, poor performer, couldn't come through anymore, always injured, and now we love Tiger Woods again. I'm not sure why we just love he's getting this like universal love anymore. The guy, what did he stop being a creep? Is he like a reformed creep now that we can all cheer for him again? I don't know what, what, what it is. I've something? always been a Phil Mickelson guy and I've always been an anti tiger guy. It's just because you're left handed. That. That's why. What's that? I said it's just because you're left handed. Well, I like Bubba Watson too. That's true. <laughs> I've always been anti-Tiger. I've been anti-Tiger from the beginning. I've been anti-Tiger. I've been a creep, and I'm still anti-Tiger. I don't know what this universal love is. So my penalty box, I'm nominating new Tiger Woods fans. All right. That is a two-stroke penalty uh, for new Tiger Woods fans for forgetting reprehensible behavior. Chuck, who's going in your penalty box? All right, going in my penalty box is the Flyers PR slash marketing team for the blatant theft of the mascot reveal. The Flyers are getting a mascot, uh. and it is stolen exactly from how the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms debuted Melvin. Like, Why didn't they let us do that reveal on the mascots episode of this podcast? That's it been timely, it's another man. penalty. <laughs> another penalty for not for for the marketing geniuses not taking advantage of a show. That so do we know what the happen. mascot is yet? Do we know? We do not know. It's going to be orange. That's it. But they're doing the slow reveal, and it's hokey, and it's silly, and it, it, it's whatever. But it's stolen directly from the reveal of Melvin in Allentown. And there at least made a little sense. Like, okay, they they knocked down a bank or something that the stadium was built on top of it. Now they're saying during the renovation of the Wells Fargo Center that 
like has been around since what 96 97 when when 95 97, when, i think yeah it's so it's been there but like while they're doing the renovation they found the lost like mascot hiding place who wait, <laughs> like he was like bricked up in the wall like some sort of edgar Allan poe poem yeah yes it's it's it, it's cask of uh labat blue and... <laughs> see now i'm interested see just just a little brainstorming meeting like a halloween coming up like flyers are scary see but no stolen directly from the farm team so that's going to be a five minute major for blatant theft of a mascot reveal shit man i wish we talked about this more during the <laughs> just i want to talk about this more now so, what was the mascot doing like catching rats and eating them in the bowels of the wells fargo Center? was he being held captive by dancing shawnee so that he, shawnee could have the the, the spotlight <laughs> what do we want the mascot to be now if, if we know it's orange mm-hmm. what do we want it to be a traffic cone boop, boop, boop. <laughs> the dancing traffic co- well, i mean what do we want the mascot an orange <laughs> I want it to be an orange blatant ripoff of the fanatic and just be like, like, I know he just was damning them for no originality, but just like the fanatic's cousin. You a know, tiger? No. A tiger? No, not an orange tiger. No, I think it's going to be a big orange Muppet. Yeah, God, that's unfortunate. It is. I mean, I don't really care, ultimately. Maybe it, it could be I. some sort of founding father. I don't know. <laughs> could it be Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Trump. <laughs> That's a humongous idea, Dave. <laughs> That's the best idea. And Paul Holmgren. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going tanned, you can go back to my my petition that be bernie perrant i mean he he's very tan it's not bad <laughs> he just is a mascot anyway yeah i mean <laughs> a little bernie perrant there <laughs> an orange like an orange puck with just a big black mustache <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> so i mean all these are great ideas um, and they're all probably better than what we'll get yeah i would love some tribute to ed snyder but i don't know if the family would allow it. it's like hey it's snyder the mascot like, oh, like just look, name him should it be like some sort of orange handyman with like cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve <laughs> How many Lord. people were winning over with the what, one day at a time reference? <laughs> <laughs> and not even like the Netflix remake. <laughs> like, oh, our mascot, he's hanging out with Alice. You know? <laughs> like, That's hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, there'd be a whole team of them. You get Snyder. <laughs> and I think it's Schneider anyway. <laughs> we... we, we We'd have Schneider, we have Alice, and then of course there's Maud. I mean, <laughs> the whole line of '70s mascots, which would be appropriate for the Flyers. It really would. I'm not yeah. that far off here. No, I wait. I, did you award the penalty yet? I, he did. I it was a five-minute major. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're That's we're it. in overtime now. I think. All right. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. 
or this morning, wherever we're at now. Um, be sure to join us Friday morning when you get to hear our uh, eulogization of the field of the 2018 Philadelphia Phillies. Are you contesting that's a word, Chuck? What do you mean? Eulogization? <laughs> no, it's a great word. It's perfect. Well, let's just let's just end this. <laughs> we'll see you Friday morning. We're talking about the Phillies, and then as always, uh, we'll be back with you next Monday to uh, to wrap up the Eagles uh, Eagles Titans game. Um, until then, uh, please uh, subscribe. Uh, please write a review. Uh, please like us on Facebook. Please follow us on Twitter. I'm asking so nicely for each one of these things. How can you not? How can you not meet my request? Any any final thoughts, guys? Any final words before we sign off? No, I'm good. I'm good. Perfect. Have a great day at work. We'll see you Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs>